0: You are listening to the Believe in Yourself podcast, a podcast that inspires people to believe in themselves to unlock their own potential. My name is Luke Reese, and I'm a multi award winning motivational speaker and UK young leader. And I'm sitting down with leaders to discover their journeys and the lessons they have learned to make the unachievable achievable. Welcome to the Believe in Yourself podcast. Welcome back to the Believe in Yourself podcast. Today's guest found themselves in 2005 with £25,000 in personal debt, delivering pizzas to keep his startup marketing business afloat. Today, he is the UK's number one motivational business speaker and founder of the multi million pound international business network that he started for networking. He is also the author of four best selling business books and is the highest rated business author on Amazon. Don't let his t-shirt fool you. This is a speaker who will change forever the way you think about life, business and your approach. Please welcome to the Believe in Yourself podcast, Brad Burton. I love that. That's good. Thank you so much for love the lovely intro. My pleasure, thank you so much for your time today and joining me on this exciting podcast. <laughs> how, how are you doing these t- do, during these times? So,
1: Covid situation, my business collapsed, that's the reality of it, so Covid come along and when you run 5,000 networking meetings, in real live networking meetings, um, and Covid says a uh, lockdown comes along and says you cannot no longer have meetings, then guess what, your business has collapsed. So what we've had to do, is have to take it online, so it's been a, a difficult uh, testing challenging three months, but we've done it. We've taken it online and we've taken, like, I don't know, maybe half the groups online. So we are surviving. We are surviving, which is the best anyone could hope for. Because like I say, three months ago, mate, we was on our knees and I'll, I wouldn't get to that. But uh, challenging times for everyone on this, on, on, not only from a financial perspective, but also from a mental perspective as well.
0: Of course. And you know, why is it important that when you get faced those challenges in life that you, you start suddenly look at a positive aspect and you try and make it work despite just admitting, admitting defeat and saying, you know, this COVID thing's going to get the better of me like um, you could you have know, done? Well, listen, I mean,
1: the, the alternative is when, you, when you've got a pair of twos, you might as well go all in, which is where we was from a poker perspective. We said, you know what, we've got nothing to lose. We'll go all in. And what I did, the most honest video I've ever done, I went onto my 4Networking community, which is on Facebook, to short 30,000 members, and I did a video, live video, and I said, listen, we are now in a fight for survival, and what we do and what you guys do over the course of the next few days will dictate whether or not 4Networking continues or not. Um, and this is the thing. I think so many people were waiting for the cavalry. So many people were waiting for Rishi Sunak to sort it out or Boris to sort it out. And what people kind of fail to remember or to think about is that those individuals, those politicians, those leaders – they're human beings, just like you and I. They'll have the same worries about their family and lockdown and, and so forth. Um, and actually, one of the things I, I kind of teach is rely on self. Because, you know, if you're waiting for somebody to come and bail you out a cavalry, you're going to be waiting a very long time. In fact, that's what I did for 31 years of my life. I kind of waited for somebody to give me the opportunity to be the best that I could. And actually, it never happened. So I had to make it happen. And this was a great example of that, this whole COVID situation, which was uh, making something happen when actually... Uh, Some people choose to wait and see, and whilst you're waiting and see, um, you know those people. When this is all over, it will be over at some point. There's going to be a column, and on that column is going to be losers, big losers, winners, and big winners. What you do today will dictate whether you end up on the losers' column or the winners' column.
0: No, I completely agree, and it's one of those times where we all have to. For me, it's been about finding peace in the storm, and Mm. finding when you find that peace, then it's about realizing right how can you give back because. Yes, you know, as a business perspective, it's about making money. But I think at this moment, it's about supporting people and giving back as much as you can. And those are the ones who will stick by you in the long term. Well, I am. Um, so I had a burnout as a result of this whole situation. I mean, I had a nervous breakdown
1: eight years ago and I managed to overcome that. I just out. And actually, I thought I was impervious throughout all this. I thought I was like, you know, bulletproof. And what's happened is my adrenaline. That's what's kept me up because I got myself into warm mode three months ago and I said, you know what, fuck this. I'm not getting blown about by this thing. Got myself into warm mode and every single day you're drinking coffee, Red Bulls and you're fired up and that gives you a shield. This adrenaline gives you a shield. Now, when that adrenaline runs out, it's a bit like driving a sports car. You drive a sports car, if you've got no oil in it, whether you're driving slow, whether you're driving fast, you're fucking engine up. And that's basically what I did. So the last two weeks, this is probably my first, second interview I've done in two weeks. Um. I spent the last two weeks effectively, well the first week in bed whilst I recovered and recharged and actually this is what I didn't even see it. You know years ago the old way that it would work was you know you'd be a caveman and a saber-toothed tiger attacks the village and you run out there with a spear you go and get it kill it and it's like yeah okay you can relax. We, I, you, us, the entire nation has been in that fight or flight mode for the last three months. And that thing starts working, really burning against you. And actually, uh, in my case, as I said, it was a bit like driving a sports car with no oil. So I've had to let up, I've had to, to recognise that actually you cannot be 100 miles an hour all the time.
0: No, I love that. And thank you for sharing that soap and honestly, because it's yet again, something that people don't talk enough about. They see yourself being you know, the, the number one motivational speaker. Oh, he must be motivated a hundred percent of the time. Well, no, I'm a human, just like you and I, we, we all have right. those bad days. That's right. And well, listen, uh, it's not a bad day. This is the thing about it. This is, look, look I, I work
1: at this optimum performance in terms of my ability to be able to move faster and can get to my decision-making process shortly. But the the whole thing that I do was was, was it was all, it was all as it should be then all of a sudden it's like having a bucket it's like having a bucket you've got it 80 90 percent full and you can handle it and all of a sudden covid comes along and puts another 120 percent in and it's like you know everything's something's got you cannot put any more in so what has ended up happening is is there was no slack i thought i had it all under control I did and then covid comes along and then all of a sudden guess what you've got no slack anymore thank you so mm-hmm. much Kay. wife Hi, <laughs> <Nice. laughs> Go.
0: But what a lot of people need to realise that during these times is about learning about yourself and using these opportunities to grow as an individual, mm. um, to to learn about you know ways you can avoid burning out in the future. But I'd like to come back to you know yourself as a, as a young person growing up your early life and find out a little bit more about you know how you got started as a young person.
1: So, so I mean I. Uh... I left school 16, no qualifications, did a YTS youth training scheme, apprenticeships as they call them now. Um, and then I got into, involved in retail, then ended up becoming a computer games reviewer, which is amazing. Like, you know, being 18 year old, playing computer games and getting paid for it. It's like, what for a magazine? And then... Uh, I ended up getting into involved in the rave scene, which was quite fun. You know, in, in 2019, 20, 20, going out raving every weekend. That was great fun back in the good old days. And then in 90, when I was 21 years old, 1995, I got shot at. And it uh, caused me to move away from um, Salford, Manchester, my home of, of 21 years. And I moved away to Somerset. And, um, you know, I was I was depressed when I moved to Somerset. And I look back now and think, why was you depressed? I'll tell you why I was depressed. It's because I wanted to go back to a life that no longer existed. I wanted to go back to life before all this happened, before my life changed. I had to stay away from my friends and everything. I was a lonely, alone over in Somerset, Western Supermare. Um, So that was really a big turning point for me. I never had a a childhood, but I never had that sort of young, uh, you know, 21, 24 year old, that kind of normality. I didn't have that. Uh, And that's what's really interesting about anything when when people lose a part of their life. Uh, I know people who've been banged up and when they come out, they're kind of reckless. they're trying to catch up for the time that they've lost and i think that's what happened with me i think i was um you know frustrated that i'd lost four years of my life being frustrated and uh and i kind of got a bit more reckless as i got into my early uh, late 20s
0: and do you think that that adversity through your childhood has been a foundation for your success today
1: yeah, no question. I mean, I, when I say adversity, my dad left when I was six months old um, and that was probably the biggest thing. There's no abuse throughout my life, none whatsoever. Um, you know, we brought up in Council estates, States, this, that, and the other. My mum brought me as a single parent. So I've had, I've had a good, balanced, working-class upbringing. So there's no, I've got no traumas that I can talk about. So there's no traumas that happened. <laughs> it's nothing to talk about. Um, so, so, but what, what I think has really served me is my... Uh, kind of street smarts because on paper I probably should have been a bank robber people laugh at that but I probably should have been and then somewhere along the way my ability to move fast and also be a bit of a risk taker um it has served me no question and I actually always ask the question whenever I do anything am I going to get arrested the answer is no go and do it now <laughs> I kind of apply to my business with the way that I market things
0: yeah of course and it's i think it's those who take the bigger risk the bigger risks are often at the biggest wins and sometimes people look at risks and they see fear and they see all the all the the, the negative sides of what if as opposed to you dreaming what if or oh, well, what if this is a massive success well
1: you know you know the thing is with this about success what success is see everyone's version of success is different and then what happens is we get foisted on us, by society, by Instagram, squad goals, hashtag. And we think that having a, a 30,000 pound watch is success or we're having a 3 million pound yacht is success. Or having a, and actually it's not, you know, I'm going to say a lad from Salford, Manchester. And actually that's not what success is for me. Success is for me is on an arcade machine, to do, right? You know, like a child of dream, that's success. And people have got to find their success, not have it foisted on them by what people believe. You need to go buy a 1500 quid handbag or you need to have a 2000 pound pair of shoes. You know, success for me is having 10 pairs of Adidas superstar, you know, whatever your success is. And that's something that I think I I major on in terms of my ability to be able to to, to tell people to look, find your version of success, not what society has, has told you you need success to be.
0: Mm, no, great message. I think everyone really should take that on board. It's, like you said, it's finding success of, of what your terms is and not based on what someone else is telling you. Luke, I'll now, tell you,
1: I've got, I've got a five bedroom house where I live and I've got one room that I don't go in. Um, I had this dream of getting a 10 bedroom mansion. That I could work really hard and get a 10 bedroom mansion. And actually, I could get a 10 bedroom mansion if I really wanted to apply myself. What's the point? I just ended up with six rooms I don't go in. You know, I'm, and <laughs> I'm we end up chasing stuff, and I've got a, a mate of mine who's, who's um, he lives over in Mayfair and he's got an £8 million property and he's just excavated the, the uh, basement. And he's he going through the bus at the moment, um, uh, I managed to break down. And, and, and I went to see him and he said, oh, come downstairs, show me downstairs, turn the light on, he's got a 40-foot cinema, velvet thing, popcorn machine, ticket machine, all this sort of stuff. Too. The thing is, I went, like, wow, look at that, all the lights. I said, do you want to have a game of FIFA on, on PS4 on it? Not really, no. But, um you know, and I said, do you know what you need now, Steve? He said, what's that? I said, 38 fucking friends. <laughs> you know, he spent all that time and money on a good divorce lawyer. He spent all that time and money creating something that he's never going to realise because you know he, he took his after ball with his marriage, or he took his after ball. Wouldn't it be better have had a four million pound property that you actually stay married and rather go through divorce? Just and they is I just see too many people get what I call success. Success, they're ill. They get it wrong. Success. This is what happened. This book here. You know, that's what I had. Success. I, I was, I was, I was making loads of money. More money than I could ever I dream of, and yet I was shot to pieces mentally. That's not a success. And I remember walking with Doug Tyson, Labrador, um, and um, I was walking him, and I said to him, I "Said you know, I've trained, saying I just want to feel normal. I just want to feel normal. I just want to feel normal." And this is where people get all twisted. They think that you know, having daft cars is going to fix your life. It doesn't. I promise you.
0: You talk there about you. You had to fix. You had to fix yourself mentally. You know, how did you fix yourself, or, or what was the steps that you took to, to get yourself mentally prepared?
1: prepared for fixed after I had a nervous breakdown yes yeah it's got time that's the reality of it and actually if it takes you three years or four years to get into a mess uh you know in your life it's probably going to take you forty years to get out of it and actually mm-hmm. you know there's a combination of everything where I had it all twisted in terms of uh, you can. I could only focus on one thing, and what I mean by that is my primary focus back then was business. So I've had a um, a list of of the three three priorities. Number one was my business. Number two was my family. Number three was my health. And guess what? I didn't know breakdown. I was three stone overweight, got type two diabetes, high blood pressure, and heart problems. I would have if we continued. So now i flipped that, and actually my priorities: one, health; two, family; three, business, because. The rest, honestly, at some point, your health is going to become a priority, so why wait? So with that whole thing, I recognized it was going to take me time to fix. And what I was concerned about two weeks ago, when I, I kind of burnt out, was that this was going to be a long-term fixture that somewhere along the way, I brought myself again, unbeknown to me, but I didn't you know the reality is after two weeks I'm good, which I I'm, 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 I'm proper, like I could say glad. Because like I said if this goes, everything goes
0: and when it comes down to you know you, you said that you obviously priorities young the younger life was kind of your you know your business was always your priority was your baby is what you nurtured. but then when it comes down to it, you know how did you get started in your business how did that first how did that first go from being a dream to, to being a reality? Yeah. So I wrote about this
1: in my book, which is this one um get off your ass so that's the first one and and actually, what I did is I was working for a company over in London thirty grand a year or whatever. Um, and I was like, I digs over there, 300 quid a month, plus I had to travel there once a week. And actually, when I got my calculator out, I might as well have been on 16 grand a year, flipping hamburgers over in Western Supermair. So I'm selling myself, I'm on 30 grand a year, which is big news for me then. And yet, it's costing me 12 grand and 14 grand to get to work. So, I'm, and I'm away from it. This is, and i just like, this is crazy. So they asked me to put a marketing plan together. This was an 8 million pound company. They asked me to put a marketing plan together for this business. I did it, and for what they were trying to achieve, and it said it was say it's 200,000 pounds, the marketing plan. And he went, Nah, daft idea that'll never work. Did it? And I went, you know what? Should be job your ass? And I walked, I just said, You know what? on. that was uh, December the 16th, 2004. And uh, I remember um, it was a wonderfully liberated experience until, of course, I've got home and the wife was pissed off of me. The wife who just walked in a minute ago, you know, she was pissed <laughs> off of me and she started crying. She said, You're going to ruin this family on your own insistence and start a business off. And that was um, December the 16th, 2004. So I started my own business off um, my own marketing business and I did all right with it actually, I did all right. 26 grand I turned over the first year, um, 46 halfway through the second year at which point I then binned it to, 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 to focus on full networking because you can't go left and right at the same time. So I realized that, you know, if you had a plan B, you don't believe in your plan A and my plan A was this full networking thing, which is what started. And the way that you, um, the way that you start uh, any business, is, and this is where people go wrong they, they focus too much on the big picture and what I do is I focus on the small picture and the big picture paints itself so I launched one group then two groups then three groups then four groups then 50 groups then 100 groups and so it went on that
0: was it awesome and and why was a networking group what what would you think that you could you know take on that the networking mm. scene or, or what, what opportunities did you see for networking that you know you thought that you could do this better
1: so, I went along to a networking event, I run my marketing firm, and in, in political terms, you had the loony left where nothing quite happened, it was all very nice, Chablis and Volavons, and then you'd have the local mayor talking about parking provision at Angel Place Shopping Centre, and no one really gives a shit, but you're listening to him chirp on for 45 minutes, when actually he's only got five minutes of content, and then after that, the people are asking daft questions, so mayor, you say it has gone up from 2 pounds five to £2.15, what impact do you think that yeah. <laughs> so that, was, that, that was, I went along to them. Then I went along to the hardcore right. You've got to attend. You've got to bring visitors. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. I'm thinking, where was the mainstream of networking? Where was the mainstream of networking that appealed to me? Because Looney Left didn't. The hard right didn't. Where was the mainstream? It never existed. So I said, you know what? Why doesn't it exist? And that was it. I created it. And I actually based for networking
0: on New Labour 1999. I love the fact that kind of you know, you've took your personal experience and thought, you know what this is, people can benefit so much more because I'm surely, I'm surely thought that when you start that for networking, it wasn't about you, it wasn't right. I'm going to create a better networking business because I want to succeed. It's about giving back to people. No, that's let me explain
1: let me, let me what happened. It was about the truth. It was about me getting appointments for my business. Cause I realized that for appointments from a marketing business, that's why because i realized how inefficient getting appointments is you end up traveling to people's offices and this that and the other then i've got an hour with you Then two minutes in the hour you recognize something that i can't stand you you can't stand me we've got 58 minutes of bullshit to go you know and actually that was the inefficient way of doing business and actually what we did is i thought well you need appointments you need appointments you need appointments why don't we put everyone in the room together and we have appointments and that's what we do we do it completely unique the format that i came up with is because i've got no no um, no experience in this. I just looked at what would work. Forget about looking at them, forget about them. I just said, right, what is ideal for punters? Not for the organisation, for the punters. And that's where I came at it. Get the punters bit right first for them, and then the network, and the business bit of it came around.
0: And what was the difference between taking this four network from being, you know, just switching it to your planet, your priority, to being the, the multi-million pound business networking organisation that it is today?
1: Well, it's not anymore—not with COVID. But it's just, like genuinely, drops gone off. Like that would be it if we'd never changed. So, um, so what was the difference? The difference is time. I think this is the thing. If I said to you how long does it take to boil an egg, you'd say three
0: three minutes. Softball. Okay, so yeah, so
1: three three minutes. You know, is there a way of speeding it up? Um, not scrambled. Really. Scrambled. Is that what you wanted? <laughs> And that's where people go wrong. See, people want to rush it, and especially in today's day and age, when you start looking at these dickhead Facebook adverts and Instagram, where you get some kid who's twenty-six getting out of a Lamborghini with a fucking suicide doors and putting sunglasses on, and everyone's going, "Oh my God, I can sign up to his mastermind in class and I can learn the secrets." That it's not bollocks. He'd have the car rented. He'd have got his mate to do the video, and you're daft enough to be spending ten grand based on what? And this is the thing, and people need to understand this. And this is where I'm coming at. You know, that actually there is no shortcuts and people would love to believe that there's some fucking Daft Mastermind class that you can go on. And so all of a sudden, you know, I've been doing this for 14 years, 14 years, one third of my life, one third of my life to have a business that has collapsed three months ago. You know, I mean, that just shows you, not from anything that I've done. But well, something that happened in in a wet market in Wuhan over in China—that just shows you about life. It's that adaptability. And I can sit there going, "Oh, fucking Boris Johnson and the Chinese government need to do. they ain't doing shit. It's down to what I'm going to do, and that's where I'm at."
0: Oh, that's awesome. And I think, like I said, it's—I think it's—it's it's very insightful that you share that because not many people from businesses do that because they no, don't want to—they want they want to pretend that everything's happy and raby and like, "Yo, look at yeah. us. We're amazing." Correct, and that's the difference, and that's the difference, and that's all
1: you'll ever get from me is pure, unadulterated, brutal fucking honesty. and not everyone likes it. People would rather be told uncomfortable or true or or lies. People would rather be told business lies and bullshit. I don't do that. I train people when it comes to speaking, motivational speaking. I train people when it comes to writing books. I train people in terms of mindset. I train people, and I am brutal to the point of actually, I've had people in tears, not intentionally, but because I'm saying, look, you're not going through to boot camp. Or if you want to go through a boot camp, I can take you there. But all I'll be doing is taking your money. You ain't going to make it. So what do you want me to do? And that's the difference between me is I protect somebody's money. And actually some people would and pat them on the back,
0: not me. Yeah, and I think that's what people need to hear is the honesty. Because so many of us are hiding ourselves away from the honest truth. Mm.
1: Well, and I think I think I did that, which is, you know, I was, as you might have gathered, you know, I, I, I'm not, i am not got a posh voice, but in the olden days, you know, in business, I used to put on a stupid, daft, posh voice to, to fit in a business or wear a fucking three-piece suit and a pocket watch, you know, just to, to look posh or to, to look professional. And at the very point when I started sort of turning my life around was at the point where I said, you know what, fuck it, I've got shaved head, I'm from Manchester, I've got tattoos, I'm not a drug dealer, by the way, anymore. <laughs> but, um, you know, the thing is, we could all change. But the, the reality is, is, with all this, is that um, at the point when my life turned around was at the point when I recognised that I'm good enough, that I don't need to be anyone else. And you know how many motivational speakers are there, apart from me and you? How many motivational speakers out there are they out there, you know, at the highest level, shaved heads from Manchester, uh, wearing they they're swaggering about, swearing, and with, with tattoos. How many, at the top level, who've spoken, JTV, Bentley, Costa, uh, Zero, the list goes on. Me, that's it, field of one. And that's what I've done. Whereas if I listen to other people, I need to have my hair put like this and something, you know, only like a 1940s sweetheart. It's like, what are you doing? People have got it all twisted. It is not It is not the the the, the, the T-shirt, the, the jeans, the trainers that makes me the man that I am. What makes me the man that I am is my background. The background that I used to hide from. The fact that I've been addicted to drugs twice. I got shot out when I was 21. I've got no qualifications. My dad left on a the six-month-old. They've been pizza at 31. I've got four years of benefits. That's what makes me a motivational speaker, not fucking some bullshit, which is what it's positioned as. That's how you mm. get into the game.
0: And have you ever been turned away for, for wearing a t-shirt and jeans and for, for corporate gigs? Because obviously, like I said, people have this expectation of that oh, a business speaker is going to come with a, a shirt, mm-hmm. a tie, look, looking, looking posh, when Stop. reality doesn't need to be. Well,
1: uh, I may have lost one gig as a result of maybe two in my time, but I don't give two fucks. You know, the reality is it's not about the ones that you lost. You can sit there, well, oh, I lost two gigs, so fucking what? Gained hundreds. So so this is the thing. So, you know, if you want somebody who's walked up Mount Kilimanjaro in a fucking pack of map and, and flip slip on shoes, go and find them. But if you want somebody who's gonna give you the real the reality of running a business, of starting a business and getting yourself in a mindset where actually, you know, you've been told or you think that you're a a Salford bum and you're never going to amount to anything and have to turn that around, then I'm your man. But that's the thing, you know, there's there's a big wide world out there and if people don't like me for being me, that's okay, go and find something you do. And this is where people go wrong. They start trying to be something they're not, to fit in, to win jobs and win business. And the problem is with selling yourself out for money is the selling out lasts forever The money doesn't,
0: you talk there about, you've talked a couple of times now about your mindset and, you know, how important it is, you know, you train people with mindset, but also your personal mindset. And, and why is mindset so important?
1: It's your biggest chance of success. It's your biggest chance of failure. So if you think about, uh, I'm using a Windows PC at the moment, and on that Windows PC is Windows 10. I wouldn't dream of having Windows 95 on there, right? The operating system, why? Because it'd be slow, it wouldn't move fast, it wouldn't be able to process, some stuff wouldn't run, it would be up prone, prone to failure, it would be prone to viruses. And this is, an operating system is what you've got in your head. The way that you look at the world, the way that I look at the world now at 47, if I had the operating system that I had now at 21, I'd be, I'd be fucking so much further on. But I've not, and you can only learn that once you've updated it. You know, when you get a computer and it says updating, patch five or seven you like, know, for fuck's sake and you just press escape because you want to get onto your computer that's what we do all our lives every opportunity that you have to to, to upgrade yourself we can't be bothered because it's too busy going out and watching tele on netflix so we just press escape and fucking go on and actually that's what i teach people i teach people that mindset to say listen let's you have a, a good opportunity a better opportunity to be the best you that you've got this is your best chance of success this is your best chance of failure mm.
0: Yeah, I love one of my favourite quotes is those people who say they can and those people who say they can't are both usually right. Correct. It comes down mm-hmm. to it comes down to how you approach it and your mindset moving forward with it. But True story. you know, we talk, you talked about there about you know upgrading your mindset to, to you know for your best chance of success. But you know, fundamentally, what opportunities are there that people can start doing today that can immediately start upgrading their mindset?
1: So I always ask this question: What have you got? What can you do today with what you've already got? Not when you go and get a bank loan, not when you go and get this, not when COVID goes away, not this. today. Go and get a blank piece of paper and ask yourself, this is what I did. I don't know what it is. I wrote a blank piece, I can sit there. I wrote a blank piece of paper three months ago when you shit hit the fan. What yeah. does this make possible? The future of business networking. Get a blank piece of paper, get a pen, and sit there 20 minutes on your phone with a clock, 20 minutes, and just sit there and write the top. What does this make possible? Start writing. Just be like a fucking Victorian fucking medium. Just start writing. Just fill your page up, and then at the end of it, get a piece of paper. So you get another a different colour pen. Start putting red lines through half of them, and then the ones that you've got remaining, look at them, and then second to another piece of paper and start working out where the next steps are. Because I promise you, this is you've got you've got all the answers up here. You just not you just never spend time because you're too busy watching fucking Netflix or Breaking Bad. to to probably even fucking looking into this stuff. I, I, you know, anyone think about it. Anyone who's ever had a qualification, right? Oh, yeah, he's not qualified, Brad. Let me tell you, any qualification is just fucking made up by someone clever anyway. So if you want, I can give you a certificate. But the reality is, you know, I've got no degree in psychology, but neither is the person who made it up. They just made up a degree in psychology. Some big words. And this is the thing. I don't do big words. What I do is simple, simple solutions. Remember the game, Mousetrap, you know, got this fucking pipe system and a bowling ball and a fucking springboard and a fucking net to catch a mouse well what i do is go and get a mouse trap, put a piece of fucking cheese there put it next to a hole
0: <laughs> you know and i'm the dickhead that's it And i think sometimes we we convince ourselves that the solutions are a lot harder than we think and we convince ourselves that we can't do that because that's way over there and we're not there when in reality if you made it simpler it could be done and this is what I do you know I, I make everything simple I make everything
1: simple so many times in our lives what we end up doing if I if there was a one foot gap and I, I asked you to walk over it one foot gap you'd do it not a problem go and put it ten foot you do it hundred foot you'd start going oh foot me if I put it a mile up and said right one foot gap now you'd be fucking running up <laughs> right nothing's changed you can just fucking walk over it but now your mind's eye oh my god oh my god and that's the thing that people then do, they end up making these fucking little gaps massive because of the mindset. And that's what I, I'm good at. What I'm great at doing is pushing people. I run my own private mentoring club, Now what Club. Um, and, and what I do is I, I'm almost like a, uh, somebody who's at the top of a bungee, dressed up in a, in, a, in a bungee suit with a cord wrapped to the legs and they don't want to fucking go. And you go, well, you never materialised it. You never teleported. At some point, you signed all the declarations, you wanted to do this. So fucking three, two, one. And, oh, I don't want to go. Three, two, fuck off. You are gone. <laughs> I, do, I push people to do things that they want to do, but they don't have the, they don't have the strength or the courage to do. It.
0: Obviously, if people were to find you on social media today, they they often see you speaking at these huge venues, you are know, packing up rooms only, standing rooms only, and across mm. speaking with some of the best corporate clients, you know, and in, in, across the world. But I'm sure you know you didn't start off on, a, on your very first stage in front of five thousand no. people. So, so where do you start? Mm.
1: So I run that for networking and for networking by principle is that, you know, i run networking events and actually at each networking event for networking, you get the opportunity to, um, uh, to do a foresight as a member, a foresight is an insight, not a sales pitch. So you have 10, 15 minutes to talk to an audience. Great thing about for networking is that, you know, I've been in brewer's fairs and you've got people, work people having food there, or you've got lady walking past or the coffee machine going on. <laughs> and actually this allows you to get, I've spoken with two and a half thousand times in public. So that allows you to get experience. And some people go to fucking Toastmasters or fucking Professional Speakers Association, but they ain't doing fuck all. All they're doing is just talking to themselves. Nigel, what do you need to do? You need to walk to the right and be an orator. You've got no real fucking, no real experience. So the way it's is like a contact sport, I can go in the gym all day long, bang bang bam, bam, on the back, fucking great, and then Aunt Joshua stands in front of me, and I go, right? Oh, huh? It's a contact sport, you need to do it in real life. Not in front of a mirror, not in front of your mum, not in front of your girlfriend, your boyfriend, no. You've got to do it in contact, and that's what, how I did it. Fortunately, before networking, is that it allowed me the vehicle for me to get practice, because it is, that's what makes you an expert. An expert is someone that has made all the mistakes in a particular niche field. So therefore, if you want to become a, an expert at speaking, you've got to die on stage. And the only way you die on stage is by getting on stages and dying. And the only way you, you get on stages is by being good enough to get on stage. It's, and it's so it continues. So what I ended up doing now, I'd speak at events, let's say, in Bridgewater in Somerset, and, and so we go oh Brad, the speaker next week um can't do it can you speak yeah so i go and speak in front of a, a, a you know a 40 people well seven people 40 chairs and then you get used to it and now you realize that actually what you want to do is when you experience is don't have seven people at the back all sat there hi right, guys only, can you know you can move us forward please it's that so next time you know how to do it you can get better eye contact all this kind of stuff but what ends up happening is people want to skip the steps People want to skip the steps, They want to go do the big stages. Every time people tell tell me how you get to, um, you know, big stages I want to speak at, I've got a message that people want to hear. Well, they don't, because otherwise you'd be fucking doing it. You know, so so the way that you get to big stages is by doing small stages. Yeah, I don't want to do that. Right, okay, so where do we go from here? The only way that you're going to get to the big stages is by doing the small ones. That's it, Mm -hmm. the only way that you make five grand to speak is by getting 50 pounds to speak. Then 100 pound, then 250, then 500, and a thousand, and and so it goes on. And actually, that's the, that's the bit is that once you start getting to the level that I'm at, you can walk away from from jobs. And what I mean by that is, that you look at what I've said, said about the last two weeks. The first week, two weeks ago, I spent it in bed as I recovered. I realised that this adrenaline and what my ability to be able to bring passion to anything. Right? so I mean, I'm not doing it at the moment. I just looked at my heart rate then on purpose, just to see where I'm at about like 71, resting about 58. But what I could do is if I wanted to, and I'm not going to do it, because this is what got myself in a fucking mess, is I can ah, bam, I can get into that adrenaline mode and that's what people say, oh, he talks with passion. Yeah, I did 20 meetings the week before the crash, 24 networking meetings online, 20 of them, of which I give it fucking 10 out of 10. And then, you know, then you scratch your head as to why you've got no adrenaline left. So it's so important and suddenly, you and you, you starting your career is that you recognise that what you're selling is that passion. You sell the passion and actually that passion's got to come from somewhere, but it's a finite resource in terms of your adrenaline,
0: so don't waste it. Mm. And is that something that, obviously that's something that you've had to learn, but is that something you learned years ago or is that something you learned two weeks ago? Two weeks ago.
1: Two weeks ago. And actually, mm. this is what's, what's crazy about this is that, let me just show you something. So that is... Red on one side, black on the other side, and it's uh, what I call. uh, I'm just coming up the 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 um, the brank. I'm calling it a brank, brain bank, right? And actually, when you you're living your life and you're spending, you can live in the red, or you can live in the black from a bank account perspective. Well, I've been in the red for so fucking long, intensity, over the last three months that actually you go and have a day off and go, oh, get me intensity down from four. The most you're going to get it down in a week is two. So it's easy to get yourself into intensity, difficult to get yourself out, back out of it. So I've spent the last mm-hmm. two weeks getting myself from a four down to maybe a one now. But you could you could blag yourself and go, oh yeah, I've had a night out with my girlfriend or whatever. We've gone to the cinema and now I'm down to normal. You're not. And this is something that has taken me, I'm 47, for me to learn that shit. Do you know what I mean? Mental.
0: Yeah. But it's also the fact you know that we're always learning you know people don't think people think just because they see us doing well is that oh they've finished article in polish they they know everything no okay. you don't you're, you're still learning the entire time
1: true story and that's uh, you know like i say two and a half thousand times i've spoken in public and um you know on occasion i've died died big um and, and actually you kind of as i said you need to die to learn how not to die because most people when they die on stage say i'm never fucking doing that again and actually what i asked myself is what did you like best about it what would you do next time and most people don't, that's what makes you an expert is that ability to go fucking hell. I mean, I've had video uh, photographs I've seen where I've died and my ears are red, like red, like five times redder than my face. It's like, what is going on? Cause you're heating, you're embarrassed. And that ability to be able to go again and learn from that and say, okay, what happened?
0: You yeah. know. And do you sometimes walk away from, you know, although you, you know, you say given you've given your passion, you've given everything you can, ten out of ten. But sometimes you come away and say, well, perhaps I could have done that a little bit better when you critically oh, reflecting yourself.
1: Hundred percent. So there was a time. There was a time when I, I always rate myself when I when I come off stage. I always rate myself and on scale of one to ten. Right. I always rate myself. Now my ten now you Know would have been the fucking 20 going back back then, if that makes sense. It's relative as to where you are right now. So, when I did Zero Con, which I don't know if you've seen Zero Con, have you seen that one?
0: I've seen the um the presentation and yeah. the video that you released for a couple of hours and then took it down. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, so so that I um that was like a 9.5 for me. Everything that was about it was pretty much perfect. There's a few things that I looked at, but and, and that's ability once again, um, to, to you, you're always going to be uh. uh you should be your own biggest critic because yeah. you you know people are, when you when you shit and you know you shit everyone's polite right when you speak and you shit and you know deep down you shit oh no it wasn't that bad i'm sure lots of people got lots from it and stuff and maybe they did but if you don't feel right then that's kind of themselves. i still remember probably the last in the last 5 years three gigs that terrorized me to this day right you know, um, but that's that all part of it. And you must know, uh, well, I don't know, I'm going to ask you, but you have it when you're treating yourself backstage, going, oh, my God, your heart's racing or not.
0: No, 100%, you know I mean?
1: all the time. Right, right. So so, so, so that is, there's been times when you go, what am I doing this for? Why am I here? And, you know, you are just going to shout you out in a minute. You've got to come out and start waving at everyone. Hey, yeah. And you're like, boom, 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 And you're going, what oh, the fuck <coughs> am I doing here? And if you could, men in black, press that fucking thing and and uh, give me money back, you would do but that's what we sign up for and that's what you've got to remind yourself. And I used this is my my, my
0: tattoos of the children. That's what mm. I did. I used that and pressed that to go right. Come on, you know, did it Did it for them? I can find so much relevance because I also I also rip myself and, and sometimes and if someone asks me how did that go, I said, Oh yeah, it went okay, but you know, I know from my level it was about seven and they said, Oh no, I'm just sure going How many times did you spoke? Um God alive. Over the last seven years, probably 500 times probably for the last from from, from a young person um but f- but from my from my life where I went from being a, a young volunteer where they said oh Luke's a young person let's put him on a stage to represent our company okay. I went yeah. from being that to realising well actually I don't have to represent you I can represent myself so I started myself mm-hmm. off and and I started off you know first of all just trying to speak for free trying to earn some reputation and oh, trying to get my goodness. message and then that mm-hmm. went from 50 pounds up to you know to, to where sure. I am now sure. mm-hmm. And it's and it's that process. And you know, that's where I've been I've been thankful I've been able to gain that experience. And if I hadn't had that experience, I wouldn't be able to to be in the position where I am. But I think it I think in every area of life you've you've got to sometimes gotta stop and reflect and you know you've got to rate yourself and you've, you've got to see so, where, where's your area fact, to grow. The fact that you're a twenty-three year old, mate, and actually I didn't start I I didn't start
1: my business until I was thirty-one, you need to be patting yourself on the back. I'm serious. You know, if he was my boy, I'd be fucking well probably at twenty-three. I'm serious. So you need to be Pounding yourself on the back, you're doing beautifully. I mean, that's sincerely. Mm,
0: no, that's very much appreciated and very kind coming from you. But I um, know and, and I've got a long way to go, and, and that's the bit that I, I love. I, I just fall in love with the process of doing things. It's like you said, when mm. um, I, I'll be brutally honest with you, when uh, probably the same experiences with yourself is when COVID happened, I went, you know, the next two months, for example, was April. Um, April and May was due to be my biggest earning month. I'd meant to earn more money in that t- them two months than I was over the last twelve months because that's when yep. things started to take off. Mm. Initially, when every single one of them events got cancelled, I just I had a meltdown and I crashed for a, I crashed for mm. two or three weeks. I felt sorry for myself. And I realized, well, hang on a minute now. There's a point I can learn from this. You know, I can mm. I can get better and I can now spend time doing things oh, that I've neglected.
1: So, so this is a thing, Luke. And also, from a um, speaking perspective, you've got an opportunity to use that and say, "Listen, let me explain." You know, I was all set to do my best twelve months in two months, and then COVID comes along, and it wasn't all. You know, and here's the thing: one of the things that I'll give you a tip, wise, when you're presenting, and this is something that took me ten years to realize, is don't do it about you. So, you know, for instance, um, I used to deliver pizzas to keep my business afloat, and the reason I'm saying that isn't to say, "Oh, good, how clever I am," but actually, in order for you to get to where you need to be in your life, in your business. You can have to deliver pizzas or whatever that thing is. It might be Wix that. So bring that back down to them. And actually, you'll find that, that every, that's something that eluded me for 10 years. And then tomorrow I'm like, oh, OK. And it, it makes such a big difference. So when you talk about your challenges, talk about their challenges.
0: Yeah. Bring and I think because people can buy into that. We're not, you're not trying to be no. a perfectionist. I'm, a, I'm an Olympic Correct. gold medal. I'm not aspiring to be like you. I'm aspiring for you to, to make the change and see that purpose in yourself. Because we all have it. Correct. We just need someone Correct. sometimes to discover it or to repackage Correct. it. Fine. And, um, and, and after, after listening to, to watching at your Xerocon your, your talk, it was something that, it was that humour, it was that reality that, you know, look, I'm not trying to be a multi-million pound business, and that's not me. I'm trying to help you discover what's inside of you. And people can relate to that, but, and that's when people make see, the biggest changes. You see on
1: Zero con, when I turn on and say, I realise it's easy <laughs> to breathe in eight hours a day than it is to lose weight, and I show me belly. And actually, it's like, that's like oh my God, that's, nobody would do that. And I did that on purpose, and this is the thing, <clears> I use humour massively. Throughout all my presentations, because it allows you to de- deliver some pretty fucking hardcore messages with a, a smile. And, and, like, you know, that's where, where one of my, probably my biggest selling point is humor and quite good with comedic timing and stuff. Yeah. So, you know, it allows me <laughs> the options.
0: Awesome, um, and I just want to say, um, yeah, again, a, a massive thank you for taking the time out today. I really have learned your insights. It's been uh, another incredible episode. Um, but before I bring this episode to a close, um, I just want to spend some time acknowledging you, you know, for being the incredible person that you are, for the difference you make, but also for showing up, showing up during these dark times that we're all going through right now, and to continue doing service with a smile, and also to being humorous as always. Um, I'm yeah. sure that there's not just myself who have helped today, but there are thousands of people who have either, either read a social media post or listened to you talk which made a real impact. So on behalf of them, half myself, I just want to say that's just a massive thank you.
1: So man Luke, and what I'll say to you is that twenty three, keep fucking going because you'll be snapping on my heels real soon. And actually at some point, this old boy's gotta go and retire, and we're gonna need some new blood and you rather really new generation. And that's the great thing about it, is that you know, I I'm hoping that you can look at the way that I'm taking this thing which is not about selling certainty to people but selling
0: honest and that's the difference and as long as you can continue to be you believe in yourself you'll make it happen mm. and if people want to find out more about Brad Burton uh, your books now what where can people find you on social media and online yeah, just go
1: and them the name Brad Burton but Primarily, if you what know, mentoring now what club.rocks is my private mentoring club. What I've done there is I've done something pretty revolutionary in that I've actually realised that most of these mastermind groups things charge you a load of money and I've done it at for 40 quid, 40 quid a month because I've got 200 members and actually what this is about is about making a positive difference. And the reason I've done the Now What Club is I was getting people asking me for advice and this, that and the other and it comes to the point where I was burning myself out just answering people for about 13 uh, inquiries asking for help within like three hours. And actually, you need to be polite five minutes with each of them. That's an hour, an hour of time. So I had to put a motor on there. And the other thing, please, 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 I'd love you to go and check it out, Luke. I think it'd be great if you're speaking for at 4nonline.biz, which is my online network now. Like I said, we're running hundreds of groups every single week. And you can go on there, it's bit like a train timetable. you can go on there now. It's 11 o'clock. You could be on one at 12 o'clock. It's going you a five hour. Give it a go and actually look at that whole foresight, the insight, not sales coach, which is where I learned to speak.
0: Awesome. And I'll make sure all the links that Brad talked about just there are linked below. Yeah, in the show notes, you can easily access them, but I do really encourage you to go check them out, follow on Brad on social media and get involved. But before I bring this episode to a close, Brad, I always finish off with something called my final five, which are five rapid fire, quick fire questions, um, with hopefully short and brief answers just to summarise this podcast. Awesome. So question number one is, what are you grateful for? Uh the fact that
1: I've managed to get through this COVID situation relatively unscathed because it could have been a disaster, you know, I could have been burning the furniture out and the, the thing here. And actually, I've got an amazing team that has supported me and continue to support me and the vision.
0: Question number two, if you could go back and give yourself, your younger self, a message that you know now, what would that message be? Wear a condom. <laughs> and number three, what is the best piece of advice that you've ever received? Uh, be you, <laughs> like genuinely, be you. It's, it's one of those ones that it kind of
1: eludes people is that you think you've got to be something in order to fit in. And actually, the thing that you need to fit into is your own fucking life. Don't worry about anyone else. Fit into your own life. Be happy with you.
0: And question number four, what is your one top tip when it comes to networking?
1: Uh, be you. <laughs> you know, understand this that everyone has value and people go i'm looking for high net worth individuals and am looking for solicitors i'm looking for it's not that it's all the people they you know so treat everyone the same with respect stop looking at people with pound notes over their heads uh, don't underestimate anyone don't overestimate anyone treat everyone the same with
0: respect and finally question number five one of my favorite questions to ask and and that is what does believing in yourself mean to you uh recognizing
1: that you know we can't all be Alan Sugar we can't all be Richard Branson but what we can be is a better version of ourselves and actually I'm living proof that anyone can turn their life around you know I should have been a bank robber that's the reality of it and you know to have written four books to have started a business off started several businesses off to be a motivational speaker at the highest level Brad Burton the guy from Salford Manchester who got shot at addicted to drugs twice four years of benefits no qualifications what? That makes no sense. And this just shows you that every one of us can be a better version of ourselves, but no one, I swear to you, no one is going to ring your doorbell, ding dong, and give you a big bag of £50 notes of an opportunity. The only way that you can make that happen is by you doing it. And i tell you something, I'm 47 now. It took me until I was 31 to like, realise that I was waiting for someone to fix my life. No one's going to fix your life unless you do.
0: I hope you all enjoyed this episode of the Believe in Yourself podcast. And that you're going to share this episode with everyone that needs to hear these messages. Don't forget to leave a like and a comment your biggest takeaway and lesson that you have learned. If you have enjoyed then please do leave a review and subscribe. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Believe in Yourself podcast.